This is it. We're going to start the episode. That's right. Like, like right now. Dear listeners, welcome back to the show that talks about stuff on purpose. It's Trapo. I'm, I'm Justin. Uh, I'm I, Yeah, and today we're going to talk about you on purpose because it's time to open up Trapo's throbbing mailbag. Trapo's moist mailbag. We got some comments and maybe a little surprise at the end, but who knows? We'll find out. Whatever the fuck it is, a group of comments for the post, the debate. Black Widow by in this moment. And by the way, if you don't know, Black Widow is in the canon. You voted for it. You put it in the canon. So congratulations. Without any further ado. Our first comment is from returning champion and friend of the podcast, Antioch Mike. I think Black Widow shines a much needed spotlight on the mental health struggles so many go through that are completely unnoticed by too many people. Out of Hell is a stirring composition, uncharacteristically gentle for Maria Brink. And the message behind it is uplifting and genuinely life-affirming. There's some truly beautiful work on display throughout Black Widow. And although even I admit it's certainly far from perfect, the positives vastly outweigh the negatives. And I also think Dustin made a stronger case overall. So even if I was voting based on the debate alone, I'd have to vote yes. But I'm voting for inclusion in the canon regardless because Black Widow is deserving on its own merits old antioch mike yeah okay that's thank you so much for the comment mike i mean i mean thanks for saying that i won the debate i guess yeah i mean yeah i mean look it's in the canon that's fine our next comment is from our old uh, adversary anonymous who says half of black widow sucks maria brink's vocals are really all this band has going for it i get what it's trying to be but even that's not enough to make black widow a great album thank you for the comment yeah. anonymous I agree. Our next comment is by uh, Anonymous also. Great. Probably not the same Anonymous. Because this comment reads, in all caps, in this moment is fucking fabulous. Well, thanks for that comment, Anonymous. You always hope for a little substance, and I think they delivered in spades. Our next comment is from the Mighty Boar, who says, I'm not really a big fan of this new metal stuff. There's some good moments throughout, and I agree that the overall message is definitely solid, but the music just doesn't really do much for me. A lot of the beats sound weirdly generic to my ear, almost lifeless. The lead singer Maria Brink is the obvious highlight. She just goes for it every track, even if the end result ends up being disappointing. I had to vote in the negative because Black Widow never really takes off for me. Okay, appreciate the honesty, the Mighty Boar. I'm not the biggest fan of Black Widow, but I, I I like Maria Brink. I know I said it, but I think I may have cut all that shit out of the actual episode. We were talking about how we both kind of wish Maria Brink would make other music that wasn't like yeah. new metal garbage. Yeah. Clearly, this is what she wants to make. This wasn't like they forced her hand and said, you have to make crap for the rest yeah. of your life. She wants to make it. I've heard every In This Moment album. I'm, I'm the one out of the two of us who's actually listened to all their shit. And it never really gets better than Black Widow. That's the high water mark, and that's not a good sign. Thanks for your comment. And our next comment is from Being Says, do people still care about in this moment? I didn't even know they were still around until a few days ago. I feel like the world's moved on, but I'm not really into the whole new metal scene. It's never worked for me. Black Widow's the only in this moment album I ever listened to, and I thought it was just fine. As such, I didn't think it belongs in the canon, but I guess I won't be upset if it gets the votes. I voted no. Maybe if you nominated some Hailstorm, I could take a deeper interest. Hey, Maybe you guys could talk about Hailstorm. There's an idea. Maybe. Thank you for your comment. I'm not super familiar with Hailstorm. I've heard some of their stuff, a few songs, and it seemed okay. Our next comment is from returning champion Anonymous, who says, fucking dumbass bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, those are my favorite. I don't know. Not, if he... not to anything. Maybe to us. Maybe to the music. Yeah, right. Maybe does to he... the show. Maybe does to the hate... other people making comments. Yeah, does he hate the podcast? Does he hate in this moment? What's fucking dumbass bullshit? That's why these comments make me laugh so much. Someone took the time out of their day <laughs> to leave a post on our blog that says fucking dumbass bullshit. It's so good. Thank you for oh. your comment, douchebag. Anyways, I think, uh, I think Jeter is a returning commenter. Jeter writes... Thanks for finally getting to Black Widow. It's in the canon, and I'm a happy camper. Now maybe you should talk about tackling Hailstorm. Maybe your next debate could be on 2018's Vicious, their most acclaimed record. Think about that for a moment. Broaden your horizons and embrace the now. Trapo plus Hailstorm equals fuck yeah. I think Jeter's one of the people who uh, asked the Black Widow. Yeah, it sure took a while. He may have left that comment in fucking yeah, November. Some of those first comments were very early on. Ten months ago, and we finally got around to Black like widow now we got two people saying hailstorm jeter says 2018's vicious i i don't know i i don't know i couldn't name a single one of their albums so their most acclaimed record apparently is vicious so yes that's in this moment, you know what the best thing is about this? We don't ever have to talk about him again. Oh, you're so wrong. I'm not, we're oh, not doing any more than music. We gotta keep reading comments, though, and guess what? Black Widow is tagged in this mailbag, so well, there's more in this. <laughs> okay. We're moving on. Thanks for the comments. And we're moving on to uh, Trapple's mailbag number 12. We have some comments to read from this post. And we're going to start off with a uh, new commenter, Phil's Pills, F-I-L-L apostrophe S. And Phil's Pills says, have you ever considered covering the music of any man? I think her best work is Bachelor Number 2 or The Last Remains of the Dodo. Eh, fuck. But her catalog is pretty solid overall. I just think she's a fantastically talented artist who has never gotten a lot of radio play. Well, thank you for the comment, Phil's Pills. I, I'll level with you. The only music I think I've ever heard from any man is on the soundtrack to Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia. I've never heard anything else she's done. I liked what I heard in that movie, but that's it. Yeah, her name sounded familiar, but fuck, I don't know. She was in The Big Lebowski. She was one of the Nihilists. Oh, yeah. I know that. Who lost the pinky toe? I think it would have had to have been her. I haven't watched The Big Lebowski in a long I time. Remember, so. yeah. I think we watched it 30 fucking times in a year, but yeah. that was... 25 fucking years ago so give me <laughs> yeah. a break but you know what we got another comment oh phil's pills you know come back anytime our next comment is from a uh, new commenter mr game and watch okay mr game and watch says in this moment won the poll that sucks black widow <laughs> sucks the band sucks post a poll for music that doesn't suck next time talking heads don't suck more songs about buildings and food is the tits Fear of music is better. Let's fucking get into this music. Let's fucking trap. Was that it? That's it. Mr. Game and Watch. If you like good music, stay tuned. Because uh, Danzig is, is coming. God, I just said it out loud. Danzig's coming. Uh, yeah. Well, you want to talk about talking heads. I mean, we could. We absolutely could. We have to talk about Glenn Danzig first, obviously. But yeah, yeah, Fear of Music is an amazing album. Yeah, we can talk about Fear of Music. We can talk about Remain in Light. We can talk about any fucking Talking Heads album. True Stories, whatever. I don't fucking care. Maybe that's a poll. Yeah. And just to fuck things up, just to be a spoiler, I'll put No Talking Just Head in there. I'll do it. 
whatever what's this guy's name mr game and watch he's gonna throw a fit we have to touch on all the the main pillars at some point otherwise it's not trapo so talking heads is definitely on the list and thank you for helping us remember that it's on the list mr game and watch that might bump it up closer to the top of the list we don't know yet but thank you for the comment bro our next comment funny enough is from uh, our old friend returning champion cj cj says speaking of jim steinman why don't you talk about billy squire's 1984 record signs of life well i guess that was a question mark signs of life it was produced front to back by steinman and despite selling very well at the time it's been credited with almost destroying squire's career since it was such a departure from his previous work it's a very interesting work that defies rock music expectations of the era and i don't even know if it's been seriously reconsidered by modern critics which is a bit surprising to me i figured people would be trying to bring all of steinman's work back into the spotlight since his death but this record's always been a bit of a bastard in the man's catalog signs of life deserves a reappraisal it's trapo's time to shine thank you for the comment cj i've never heard signs of life wasn't that the video the... where he was like on the velvet sheets oh i have no and, i have no fucking and... clue i think i know two billy squire songs lonely is the night and stroke i seem to have some vague recollection that jim steinman produced it i've never heard it i guess that could be an interesting experiment i have it in my notes it doesn't mean anything, by the way. I don't want you to get your hopes up. There's a lot of stuff in my notes. You may never hear about Signs of Life from Trapo again. Thank you so much for the comment. We appreciate it. And uh, I guess at the very least, thank you for bringing this to my attention because I'll have to listen to it because Jim Steinman produced it. But that doesn't mean we will talk about it. All right. Our next comment is from returning champion Anonymous. Thank you, Anonymous. Keep coming back. Anonymous writes, I listened to the Castle Freak episode of your show and I can't imagine wanting to actually watch watch an entire movie of that it sounds exhausting and stupid i'm all for watching the occasional bad movie but i need to be entertained otherwise i'm just wasting my time the original movie was pretty good though that's a movie that actually works right there Stuart gordon also made one more lovecraft adaptation with dagan not too long ago which i thought was great some lame cgi effects though but otherwise solid nobody ever talks about dagan it's like people just forget it exists I remember I bought it on DVD at Best Buy, but it was the best buy on the west side of town because that was the only, the only one that had it in stock. I made a special trip out to the west side of town just to buy Dagon on DVD. I'm a fan. I don't think it's streaming anywhere, so I don't think we can do an episode on it. But I mean, I really like Dagon. It does have some shitty CGI in it. It's called Dagon, but it's really a, an adaptation of The Shadow Over Innsmouth. I guess someone else had the rights to that specific name to the story. Or when, mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly how it, it shook out, but they couldn't use the name, The Shadow of Rinsmith. So they changed the story to Dagon. It's a Spanish production because that's where Brian Usner, the producer, that's where he could secure funding. Because this whole Fantastic Factory, there's a whole story behind Fantastic Factory. The Spanish company was willing to give him a certain amount of money to produce a set number of films. And so he created a new production company called Fantastic Factory just to capitalize on that. I know three productions from Fantastic Factory. Dagon, Beyond Reanimator, and Faust, Love of the Damned. One of them actually took place in Spain. All three of them are shot there but only dagon actually took place the story took place in spain they adapted the shadow of Innsmouth to take place in spain and they changed the name of Innsmouth to imboca which means in mouth so that's, that 
that's the joke. But yeah, it, it's actually a pretty decent adaptation of The Shadow of Rinsmouth to a degree, but it also incorporates elements from Lovecraft's story, Dagon, and just makes its own thing. I think it's pretty good. The lead actor kind of looks like Jeffrey Combs. I think his name is Ezra Godin. But yeah, I mean, Dagon, good movie. It got put out on Blu-ray a few years ago. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Maybe ele- not legally. We can't find a way to talk about it. If we, uh, if we find a way, maybe we will. Yeah, just know that I like it, okay? Dennis Paoli wrote it, too. He's continuing the whole Lovecraft adaptation saga. The problem with me was it came too late. Jeffrey Combs was too old to play the main character. But it seems like it was written for Jeffrey Combs because the main actor looks like Jeffrey Combs. Man, if they made this in 1992 and they got Jeffrey Combs, that would have been perfect. Okay, thank you for the comment, Anonymous. That actually wasn't a shit show. We're gonna move on to the next comment from Anonymous Meat Sack. And I know he's commented before. Returning friends. Or they. It's an, it's an anonymous meat sack. It's indeterminate gender. Now, Anonymous Meat Sack says, I've always had a great affection for The Outfield, a British power pop group from back in the 1980s. Not a lot of people seem to remember them all that well, aside from their big single, Your Love, which is from their first and best album, 1985's Play Deep. I guess it's a baseball thing? I don't know. Somebody's asking you to dip into the 80s and jam out to Billy Squire, so perhaps you can stick around for a while and spare some time for those boys in the outfield. Thank you Never for the comment. This, but thank you for your comment. Uh, thanks for maybe, that. Maybe we could do a uh, random 80s albums exchange situation. I've heard your love, obviously. So you've heard your love. I just want to use your love tonight. Yeah, and it's a good song. It's a decent song. Yeah. I've heard nothing else from them. Power pop. Okay, sure. Maybe we could do an 80s album. Or maybe we could do like an 80s good greater garbage extravaganza at some point. Five or six rapid fire. Let's see what we can do with some 80s bullshit. Kind of crank out some hits. We could do some Flock of Seagulls maybe. We're, we're just theorizing here. We don't know, bro. We don't know. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. We're not going to do a dedicated episode to the outfield. It's not going to happen. But we may be able to work the outfield into a larger theme. So, yeah, it's on the list. They just put it on the list. The outfield and Billy Squire are on the list now. Mission accomplished. Thanks for the comment. Thank you for the comment. And our next comment is from old friend Anonymous again. Fuck. I went back and listened to the episode of your show that discussed Midnight Star. And after hearing the show, and I have to say, I think the host who introduced the record is really reaching there's a line between deconstruction and just making things up and you crossed i think the music's decent enough but all that stuff about the multiverse and buddhism and whatever is probably just projection there's something to the music but it's telling a science fiction story of rebel lovers in a dystopian future it's a concept album but the concept album isn't transcendence and the collective unconscious next time your brain starts connecting a bunch of dots that aren't supposed to be connected just say no Thank you for your comment, Anonymous. I'm glad you went back and listened to our episode. Um, and, you know, they're they're allowed to they're allowed to be wrong. I swear to God, we've been through this exact same thing, right? Like something yeah. very similar. And I think we read it. I, I'm not wrong. I can say that. I'm not wrong. I know you don't need to be wrong, but I'm not wrong. The cool thing about art, art can have multiple layers and multiple interpretations. And yeah, the whole lovers in a dystopian future, that's an, that's in the text. But you know what else is in the text? Everything I, I talked about. And more. I didn't make that shit up. I think I said this before, but Christabel doesn't explicitly use the term Brahmin. She doesn't say Bodhisattva, but it's all there. It's all very explicitly there. And I don't understand people like you, Anonymous. You have this weird little interpretation of art and you stifle creativity with your interpretation. Where's your imagination? 
Honestly, where is it? You're wrong about that. You crossed the line. I, I know I didn't. I paid attention to the text of the music. I'm not even going to, if anybody else at any point leaves a comment like this, I'm just going to delete it from the blog. I don't give a shit anymore. I don't, I don't have to address this anymore. But yeah, I, I think not... the other one was like, next time you get stoned and listen to an album similar I, to this. I didn't create an interpretation. I just understood what the fucking music was about. There are multiple layers. That's it. It is a post-apocalyptic dystopian story of two lovers trying to find each other. It is. It absolutely is. But it's also about transcendence and about the multiverse and about the collective unconscious and about trying to ascend to a higher plane of being. That's literally what it's about, too. It's about all these fucking things. It can be about all these fucking things. I'm not even going to thank you for the comment. I'm not. I don't give a shit anymore. It's a comment. You commented. You listened to the episode. You gave us another hit. I don't give a fuck anymore. All right. We got one more. Great. Oh, what a fucking asshole. All right. Hey, hey, look, Antioch Mike is back. Our final comment of this evening is from, oh, I say returning champion. Like returning champion from this episode. For sure. Antioch Mike, who says, there's a new Hellraiser movie coming to Hulu in October. So maybe you traps could, what the fuck? Maybe you traps, <laughs> traps, maybe you traps could talk about that. That would be timely and cool. The director, David Bruckner, has a solid track record, co-writing and directing 2007's Clever The Signal in 2017's I didn't know he had something to do with this signal. 2017's The Ritual, which is on Netflix right now. I'm really looking forward to this one, and if it performs well, it would be cool if we got a yearly fix of well-made Hellraiser goodness on Hulu. A brand new fucked-up Phoenix horror franchise born out of the ashes of nearly 30 years of mediocrity. It would be a miracle. I didn't know that David Bruckner co-wrote The Signal. I saw The Signal a long time ago. That's a really cool movie. I haven't seen The Ritual. I know it's been on Netflix for a while. I just, I never watched it. I forgot it existed. It got great reviews. I still haven't seen it. I don't know. He directed a, a new Hellraiser movie. And it's not a remake. It's just a new Hellraiser movie. It's not a remake of the Hellbound Heart. So it doesn't have the characters from that movie. I know that. I'm interested. I'm very much interested. Yeah. And if it does get a lot of views, there could potentially be a new franchise born out of this. And I'd be excited about a, a new Hellraiser franchise, especially if it's good. I mean, like, I, I think I've enjoyed to some degree every Hellraiser movie except for I think it's called Revelation. That's one of the movies that was made literally just for the Weinstein company to keep the rights to the franchise. I mean, and it is a bad movie. I like the franchise even though most of it sucks. I'm that one guy who doesn't really even like Hellraiser 2. It's watchable. It's a lot of fun. Anyone who says it's superior to the original, it's like, you're out of your fucking... It's decent. It's a good movie and it really expands the scope of the franchise by actually journeying to hell which is cool, but I don't know. I like all the Hellraiser movies, but it's kind of like the way I like all the Halloween movies, most of them aren't good, but I still mm-hmm. think they're watchable. That's how I feel about the Hellraiser movies, to a lesser extent. Since the Halloween franchise was all theatrical, and after Hellraiser, like, I think four, it was all direct-to-video, it was a much steeper drop in quality. So right. Halloween had to maintain a certain level of quality to remain a theatrical franchise. There's a lot more creativity and a lot more potential in the Hellraiser franchise. I would very much love to see a new take on Hellraiser take off and actually become popular, definitely into that we may talk about hellraiser that would be an interesting halloween discussion thank you for the comments antioch mike thank you for the comments everybody not only do we have an email a new email but most exciting perhaps this new email is from i don't know what you call him a regular returning friend our returning champion max power that's right max power has sent us an email we noticed that max power had been kind of absent from the blog in the past i don't know about a month we meant we said this offline we're like hey you know kind of worried about max power hope he hasn't gone off to start grumpo without us <laughs> hope he's not dead i'd rather he be dead 
did making grumpo all yeah. over here. Maybe he just got tired of listening to our bullshit and moved on with his life. That's the most likely. Scenario. That's what I assume. But no, we, oh, were we, were, we were so fucking wrong. The title. That's right. His email has a title. The title of uh, Max Powers' email is Vision Quest or How Max Powers Spent His Summer Vacation. The email begins. I've been incommunicado for a little while. I recently embarked on an honest to God vision quest, spending two weeks at an undisclosed location somewhere deep within the Sonoran Desert, and before that I spent almost as much time preparing for my departure. I spent my days hibernating in a subterranean tomb, aka an old fallout shelter, only to emerge each night to drift through the endless stars in a cloudless sky while ingesting some all-natural psychedelic substances and drinking plenty of water. I listened only to music on vinyl that I would play on a hand-cranked turntable, and it all permeated my mind on an atomic level. I didn't hear another human voice for 15 days, never saw any other signs of life aside from the yipping of lonesome coyotes in the distance after dark. I ate granola bars and dried fruit and would stand naked in the deepest, most all-consuming nights I have ever witnessed and felt like I was the only human being left in the world. And there was a chance that I may have just died out there with nobody discovering my body for weeks, months, or maybe never. What the fuck am I reading? Just go. Just keep going. I can't. I mean, this is just escalating. I could have just disappeared into the desert, faded away into the ether. It was a truly humbling experience realizing just how vulnerable i was out in the back of beyond how fragile this existence truly is i don't understand so fucking good (laughs) it goes on this was something i always knew i would have to do eventually but i just never found the time until now due to some life-changing circumstances but i won't bore you with what the fuck Sounds like something we would care to hear about. Suffice to say, this is a truly life-changing experience. For two weeks, I didn't exist. I merely was. My eyes have been opened to the endlessness of creation. For a brief moment, I understood what it was to be infinite without form or thought, to exist in all time and space simultaneously. Sounds like Grant Morrison. It's an experience I would highly recommend. I also listened to a lot of music, all of it older stuff from my record collection, because I wasn't going to deal with any electronic devices during my time in limbo. I needed a purely analog experience to keep me centered because getting away from the modern world was the whole point of this quest but i'm not against the modern world some of my favorite music is only possible through innovations made by modern technology apparently he was really high for like two weeks in the desert and he ate a a bunch of dried fruit and granola bars it doesn't sound like that would be like you have some weird bowel movements (laughs) yeah okay since you find traps traps since you find traps i guess that's what we're just gonna start calling you now so get used to it (laughs) talking about my traps i I went down we the the traps talk about batista's traps have been so good to me with your show i'm going batista's traps have been so good to me yeah batista's traps have been good to all of us kai have you seen these guardians and galaxy movies he's really taking care of himself yeah since you find traps have been so good to me with your show, I'm going to share some of my absolute favorite new-ish music works I've listened to recently because you're worth it, because I've got some recommendations for you guys. First off, do yourselves a favor. Do yourself a favor. I think it's stack space now. <laughs> do yourself, yeah, do a, yourself favor. a favor. First off, do yourselves a favor and subject yourself to some silky smooth electro grooves from artist Sylvie Love with a beautiful record called Colorblind that's filled with synthesized symphonic majesty that conjures such glorious images in the wandering mind. Next, indulge your lo-fi id 
with a lovingly remastered compilation of two early works from the beauty that is Seth Applebaum's Ghost Funk Orchestra, Nightwalker, Death Waltz. Grungy, haunting, and beautiful, it's melancholy surf rock played by an imagined band of goth monsters. This is one of the records I had with me in the desert, and the experience was like listening to it for the first time as this wonderful noise pierced the silence of the night. Max Power continues. After Sam Ray had an asthma attack that landed him in the ICU in 2021, he got a real taste of his own mortality, and he channeled all of that into the gonzo experiment he called Honey Bee Table at the Butterfly Feast from his band, Teen Suicide. Disjointed and bizarre, a sonic exercise that may not be entirely successful, that you can feel Ray's fear and exhilaration and passion radiating from the incredibly personal work. I unabashedly love this record. I'll wrap this up with what might be a controversial pick to some, but for some bonkers reason, this shit is right up my alley. I'm not generally a fan of what they call melodic metal. It just never sounds right to my ear. I can admire the technique, but it tends to leave me cold. I've heard this record called melodic death metal, but I just prefer to call it metal blasphemy. It's the debut album from Danish outfit Defacing God, The Resurrection of Lilith a sort of concept album primarily about the vilified first companion to Adam. The record also deals with the biblical Jezebel, wife of Israel's king Ahab, and the she-demon Abizo, who was mentioned in the ancient testament of Solomon. This record general sense of discomfort that makes me a happy camper. That's all the recommendations I'm going to throw at you for now, though. Abizo knows I could go on forever, so it's best to just stop now before I wear out my welcome. I want to sincerely thank you, Traps, for continuing to make your weirdo fucking podcast, because it's done a world of good for me. I caught up on your show during my trip back to civilization. It really helped me decompress from the magnificence of my experience out in the desert, and I felt compelled to compose this email instead of trying to fit all of this into a comment on the blog, because I just had more to say this time around. It's cool to see Black Widow from In This Moment find a place in the canon, even though I missed my chance to vote since I was busy desert. There were times when I surveyed the horizon in the late evening, just before the sun would set, and I would swear I could see your fucking cannon gleaming in the sun, pointing proudly to the sky like a big metal dick, (laughs) waiting to deliver its payload of carefully curated pop culture glory to the unsuspecting cosmos. Of course, that may have just been the peyote. Okay, like a big metal dick. It's the (laughs) cannon, okay. Sometimes I think I can see it too. And Dustin, thank you so much for introducing me to Lyra Primex Fountain. I bought that record and took it with me into the desert, and I think I saw the face of God. This music absolutely changed my fucking life in ways I can't explain, and I may never have found it if not for your thoughtful and imaginative breakdown. Thank you for introducing me to something that has become an intrinsic part of my metaphysical being. And Kai, thanks for introducing me to Caroline. That music is the tits. Endlessly creative and truly beautiful to behold. Thanks for being yourselves, traps. I appreciate it. And I know a few others do too. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep loading up that fucking cannon with the good shit. And keep Trapo weird. Max Power. Thank you for the email, Max Power. And thank you for sharing your delightful story about taking a bunch of drugs in the desert and losing your mind. He went on a vision quest. Next time, Max, you should call me. I'll meet you at that bunker. Honeybee table at the butterfly feast. That's a name right there, man. So that's uh, Max Power's email coming from a secured server location. (laughs) Did he murder his family and he's hiding in the desert for a month? Lay low and now making his way across the border. (laughs) 
He's got proton mail. They don't know where he is. Exactly. But we're there for him. <laughs> yeah, we're there. We're I don't care. Gonna... What are you doing? There's Just no keep judgment. listening. No judgment, Max Power. Just keep listening to the show and yeah. keep having weird drug trips and telling us about it. Maybe invite oh, me next time. It's all good. It was, it was nice. It was nice to get an email. It's been a while. I like the email. He said some very flattering things. Magical carpet ride. Fluffed us a little bit. Felt good. Called us traps. Trap, trap, oh, and the boys. We're trapped over there, the boys. <laughs> I got a bad case of the traps. Batista's got a bad case of the traps. <laughs> yeah, he does. Max Power sent us an email. He upped the ante. If anybody else out there wants to double down, say, hey, you know what, Max Power, hold my beer. You can come to, you can come. What do I have to do? <laughs> you it's can easy. do what? You can do that. Max Power can. I, I guarantee you that in the desert. He can. <laughs> beer to dragons licking up my cum. <laughs> And then and now he's talking to me. I think he ate some of my peyote too. <laughs> you just get high, lizard. So anyway, Max Power sent us an email. We read the email. We want to read your email. And you can send us an email, show at gmail.com. Please send us an email. If you don't want to send us an email, we, we're okay with it. You can always... We don't fucking care. You can always visit the blog, the official Trapo blog, traposhow.blogspot.com. Leave a comment on the post if you're choosing. Tell us why you don't want to send us an email. <laughs> you know, we can do that. Yeah. Just don't be a dick to the other the commenters. Don't be a dick to them. You can be a dick to us. But, you know, we're used to that. Just don't be mean to the commenters. This is a very productive episode of uh, Trapo's Mailbag. Probably the most... It was productive in a while. And it'll be the last productive one for quite a while. <laughs> Chapel season three, you might get some substance again in the mailbag, which is bad because season two just started. Thank you so much to everybody who posted a comment. Thank you to Max Power for sending an email. That's yeah. the end of the, the end of Chapel's mailbag. It's done. Cinching up the mailbag. And we may circumcise the next sack of comments. Sack of com- <laughs> you don't circumcise the sack. I was just spitting words out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for commenting. Thank you, Max Power, for emailing. It's over. So, uh, you know, oh, yeah, by the way, we're on Instagram. Just just so you know, we're on Instagram. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Or, or don't. All the cool kids do. All seven of them. Until next time, I'm, it's time. It's time. Uh, stay the fuck off the internet. Get the fuck off the internet. Yeah, we don't say stay the fuck off because you got to be on. Sometimes. If you stay the fuck off, they'll never listen to Trapo again. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you know what? Good advice. Smashes their <laughs> cell phone, just walks away. Get on the internet and then get off the internet after you listen to Trapo. Yeah. Listen to us, then get off the internet. That, yeah, that's it. That sounds good. We mailbag. Bag. We bagged it. We bagged those groceries. Trapo.